Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Are you well this morning? Awesome. It's so, excited. it's so exciting to be in the church this morning. You know, for me, one principle that I've had throughout my whole life is I don't miss church. I don't miss church, not for anything. Unless if I'm out of town and I'm traveling, and recently I was um, in the United States for the conference as well. But one principle that I have is that I don't miss church. Why? Because church is really the manifestation of the body of Christ on the earth, and your participation therein begins to involve your destiny. God's plan and purpose for your life is intricately intertwined with your participation in the body. And so it is critical that you prioritize that. I know that there are many of us who are parents who are raising our kids with options. No, they can decide if they want to go to church or not. They are nine years old. Mom, I don't want to go to church. I want to watch Teletubbies. Or I want to watch something on television. And you know what? The enemy many times doesn't have to do much to destroy our lives. All that he needs to do is keep us from what God has made available that's supposed to bring God's plan to pass in our lives. Amen? So that's just on the side. Thank you, Rita, for the, for the testimony that you were sharing. We are concluding our series this morning on the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been blessed throughout the past couple of weeks concerning the series? Yeah. And the rest of us? <laughs> Our arms are tired. <laughs> it, is so, it is so special that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is big. This is big. And it is a real relationship because the Holy Spirit is not in heaven today. If there's anyone representing the Godhead on earth, it is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus Christ ascended into heaven bodily. And the Father is our Father who art in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is here. He is the resident in the church overseeing the work of God on the earth today. And it is our great privilege to be able to know him. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are so many, I hope, that you've captured in your heart a desire to operate in them. We've seen so many testimonies coming through of people operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Words of knowledge, dreams, visions, even the past week. Getting revelations about friends, getting revelations about work, ideas for presentations, etc., etc. And this is what God always wanted. He wanted to be among the people. And so it is, it is foundational that, that you understand that the Holy Spirit is in your life for a purpose. This morning we'll be dealing with the power gifts. This is very exciting for me. I love this. And it is, so, it is so controversial, these gifts of the Spirit. I think the other ones, discerning of spirits, mm, that brother might be a devil. <laughs> I can't go out with him. Good gift. Prophecy. Good things are coming in your life. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. But then when it comes to the power gifts, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, the gifts of miracles, they are so out of this world, literally. Harry, please fix my voice there. They are, they are so out of this world, literally, that, that many people cannot embrace the fact that God Almighty will be doing miracles today. And when it happens, our default is, hmm, they are trying to rob us again. <laughs> and so this morning we're going to go through the word and we're going to discover what it is that God wants to do in our lives through these gifts. And 
as we are going through the message, those who are sick, those who need a miracle, those who are in impossible situations, begin to partake. Do you understand? Now, I must explain this, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are operated by faith. And it, it, must, be, it must be participated in. You cannot just wait passively and experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. So it is important that if you don't have a certain gift operating in your life, learn about it. Desire it. Desire it. Let's read here together. The first point is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are essential. That means it's not an option. Many people have this sense that I'm a Christian, and when people ask them, do you operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are comfortable enough to accept the fact that they don't. And they don't see anything wrong with that. That is not correct. Many times, as ministers even of the gospel, there are whole denominations that believe in preaching the words, but the miracles apparently ceased with the apostles. They ended with the apostles. Healings, miracles, gifts of faith don't need to be manifested. And the reason why we do that is because when we tried to operate in these gifts, it didn't work. And what happens is, when you try and it doesn't work, now you are embarrassed. And what you must do, in order not to be embarrassed, is you change the Bible. Change the Bible so that you interpret it as if it's saying that you don't need to operate in these gifts. Then you are fine. And there are entire doctrines that have been propagated saying that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased. They have ended with the apostles because the gifts were only there to demonstrate that they are speaking on behalf of God. And after the scriptures were concluded, we no longer need any more demonstration because we have the word of God. Let's read together here in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. One, two, go. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus telling his disciples, don't go anywhere. They already had the message. They wanted to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. He, he told them, don't depart from Jerusalem, continue, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. And then verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So in order to be a witness, a witness is someone who testifies of what they have seen and what they have experienced. In order for you to be a witness, you must be operating in this power of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, with it come the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? Are we together? So tell your neighbor, which gift are you operating in? Because some people only operate in the gift of complaining. I'm analytical. I'm a strategic guy, I'm an analytical guy, so everything is a complaint, right? It is critical that you do not remove yourself from this. God is calling you and equipping you and preparing you according to his purpose. God does not waste anything. That means if God made available gifts to the church, if he made them available, that means that there is a unique purpose for them. And those of us who are saying, I don't operate in the gifts, I don't need to operate in the what we are saying is that God is wasting the delivery of gifts to the church. He never does that. So if God has given you the Holy Spirit, if he has given you the gifts of the Spirit, that means that there is a purpose behind that. 
Many of us are not operating in the purpose of God in our lives because of the fact that we have disqualified ourselves, excluded ourselves from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? And many times it's because our secular knowledge, our natural mind has taken us far enough. Look, I'm successful. I'm married. I have everything that I need. I have a business. I've got a farm. I've got this. I'm a politician. Everything that a man can want. Why would I need the gifts of the Holy Spirit? But God's purpose for you is beyond yourself. This is where your eyes begin to open. Once you begin to realize that your life is not for yourself, that is when you will begin to need heavenly assistance. You maybe help five families and you pay for all their kids' tuition. And the Lord tells you, I want you to pay for 20,000 families. And what will you immediately say? Lord, have you seen my bank account? <laughs> Lord, the economy. Lord, this. Lord, that. And you begin to advise the all-wise one with your foolish suggestions because you have already decided in your heart that there is no supernatural activity in your life. So you are gifted for a purpose. We have been doing the series now for four weeks, going for five. And many times, you've done many series like this, you've seen it on television, and next year, still the same old Christian. But God's plan is to see you beginning to blossom into the purpose that he has for you. Into the purpose. Number two. So number one, the first point, is that God's gifts are essential. You need them. They are essential to you. Then number two is the gifts reveal his nature. Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then being evil, Jesus speaking, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in the same way that a natural father gives good gifts, how many of you are parents here? You love to give gifts to your children. How many times have you been frustrated buying a gift with all the compassion and love for your child, and then what they do with it is literally put it in the cupboard and walk away? How many of you parents, how will you feel if by gift number five, Christmas number five, the gifts are piling up in the cupboard, what will you think about your child? Something is wrong. They should play with it at least for my sake. <laughs> so when we begin to bury the talent, bury the gift, begin to exclude ourselves from what God has made available, this is exactly what we're saying. And it is because we don't understand that whatever God is doing in our lives and bringing into our lives is a revelation of who he is. And it is to, to be embraced and it is to be walked in. So the gifts of God reveal the nature of God. We're going to read now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is our key scripture. If you can put it up for us, Lauren, so that we can read it together. Let's go. One, two, three. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I... Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Concerning the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be... How much of the church is uninformed concerning the gifts? It is God's purpose that you be well acquainted with the gifts of the Spirit. Continue, verse 2. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Continue. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Next one. 
There are different kinds of gifts. Hold on. So in, the, in verse 2, he begins to say, many of you got saved out of pagan religions, out of idolatry, where the, the idols are mute. Meaning that the God that is being worshipped is unresponsive. Meaning that there is no power in truth in those gifts, in those idols. And most of the time, when people are going to idols, if there's anything of a power that is operating there, it is a demonic spirit behind the idol. Verse 4. And, and many people, I remember when my, my parents were in, in ministry in, in Rundu, there were some of the deacons in the church that they would be in church on Sunday but on the weekend they will go to visit the witch doctor why because in Christianity Christianity has good morals good life and also scholarships <laughs> so your child must be in church so that they can get a scholarship from the from the international church body but there is no power there that's the perception. If you want real power, if you are being tormented at home, you need to go and shake the bones. You need to go beat the drum. Because there, there's power. In the church, it's just looking good, smelling good, and doing good. And many people have this perception. Then, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Next one. There are different kinds of service or administration, but the same Lord and then verse 6, there are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for? So the manifestation of the Spirit is given not for individual good, but for the common good. Meaning, if you are withholding the manifestation of the Spirit in your life, you are withholding good from us all. Look at your neighbor and say, have you been holding back from me? Some people are so selfish, even when they are worshiping God. All they think is about themselves. This is why the gifts of the Spirit are essential. God gave gifts for the common good. If you are withholding your gift, if you are not operating therein, you are withholding the common good from your church and the rest of the, the body of Christ. Then the next verse. To one there is given through the, Spirit, uh, through, through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Next. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Next one. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking of different tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Next one. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he... Next one. Just as the body, though one has many parts, but all its... Many parts from one body, so it is in Christ. Oh, we'll stop there. And then he begins to speak about the unity of the body. And then chapter 13, he says, even if I speak in all these tongues of angels and of men, but I have not love, what does it profit me? And he says that all of this is motivated by love. If you have love in your heart, the gifts of the Spirit will begin to flow. Because faith works by love. Now let's go into the specific gifts. The first one, the gift of faith. This gift is different from your general faith. In Romans 12 verse 3, it says that as God has given to every man the measure of faith. Meaning every believer, everyone gets the measure of faith. The measure is like the, the portion of faith. It's the same one that everyone receives. This gift of faith here is not the gift of, of faith that it speaks in Ephesians where it says, by grace you have been saved through faith. 
which is not of, your, of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So when you come to become a disciple of Jesus, you, you, you believe in Christ. This is not the gift of faith that is spoken here. Are we clear? Because some of you are like, no, I have the gift of faith. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a Christian. Okay? So the gift of faith is the extraordinary and intervening confidence and conviction in God which produces acts of faith. This is extraordinary faith. If you consider the examples there, it speaks of David taking on Goliath. And if you look at that passage of scripture, the manner in which David began to confront his enemy, it was not just normal. And this is what the gift of faith will do. It will cause you to say things. It will cause you <laughs> to do things. If you are married and you have this gift, your spouse is always like, Whoo! stop. Because there's always this push because of the gift of faith. It speaks of Elijah taking on the prophets of Baal and calling on fire from heaven. And Elijah has so many, so many examples operating in this gift. And then you come to today. I had an experience. It was in 2010. Some of you already know this testimony. We just came back from South Africa with my wife. And um, I started working at the firm doing my articles. So for those of you, when you start doing your professional work, you get paid less than 5000 And uh, we were driving around my dad's old bucky, 1975 leaking oil and we were at the firm staying with my sister in her flat and we were getting used to coming back to Namibia and at that time I was just a normal believer part of the worship team you know just just doing life going to church every Sunday <laughs> and what happened is my sisters found out about the development outside of town, Eliza and I, that was just starting. Everyone was going there, and we happened to just be swooped up. Just, just watch. You, you, you don't know why you went. You went because, okay, everyone's going, let's go, okay. So you're there, and everyone's choosing plots, right? And you are too poor, <laughs> too poor to choose anything. And the deal is like this, you choose a plot, then you have to pay a deposit of 20,000 Namibian dollars. And if the bank okays your loan, then they take your deposit with them, and then they give you the loan and you pay it off, you understand, right? Now, we couldn't afford the loan, and we didn't have the 20,000. And while everyone is there choosing plots, we are like, let's also choose a plot. It doesn't make sense. Let's also choose a plot. Which one? This one. So we choose one. And then when they say, okay, where's your deposit? Then I looked at my sisters and my mom and said, guys, the bank will not give us a loan. So they'll give us back the deposit. Can I just borrow 20,000, five from each of you? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give it back. <laughs> right? So I took... 5,000 from each of my sisters because the bank is not going to approve. Right? And then at the firm where I was working, a lady, old lady, one of the secretaries came to me and said, the Lord told her that, there's, that I'm going to get my plot for free. I was like, amen. <laughs> right? And what happened after that is there was a seed in my heart. It was about two weeks later they announced that there's going to be a competition that for every 100 plots that they sell, they will draw one in a draw. Okay? So they were going to sell 400, they were going to draw four plots. What happened a week after was that the lady whose plot was next to me, so if you go in my street, the, 
there's a corner earth here, our house is here. The one we chose on the board was this corner one. Okay? The owner of this house came to me and she said, No, the owner of this house, yeah. I had this one at the corner. My neighbor came to me and said, Can we swap? Because I want the, the corner earth. I looked at the size of this one and it was bigger. So then I said, oh, no problem, we can swap. She signed everything and all. Two weeks later, it's the day of the competition. Right? In the morning, I wake up and I tell my wife, today we are going to be in the newspaper. <laughs> you must please dress nicely. <laughs> right? And what do wives do? They roll their eyes. Right? Okay. <laughs> And that was 8 o'clock in the morning. I quickly had to go to the firm. We were cleaning the library. So I went. When I got there, the old lady is like, why are you here? Today is the day. I was like, no, I'm just coming to help. The competition is only at 1 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, I got a call while I'm still at the firm. I got a call from a friend of mine. We were in present worship together. He calls me and he says, Chris, remember, at 3 o'clock, we are on. Please come for practice. And I tell him, yeah, I might be late because I want a plot. <laughs> and he's like, what? You want a plot? I'm like, yes, I want a plot. This, there's no plot. At this time, it's 11 o'clock, competition is at 1. He's like, congratulations, praise God, man. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and it is as genuine as ever. I'm not like, yes. <laughs> It is as genuine as ever. Then, 12 o'clock, I quickly rush. I go pick up my wife, and we are off with the bucky driving down. When we get there, there's jumping castles. The radio is there and all, everyone. And we are just waiting. We are just waiting. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. And then... It was time now. The radio guys are like, okay, it's time for the draw and all. They put everything like in a fishbowl, in a glass fishbowl like this, you know. Time to roll the... <laughs> and the first number they pulled was this earth of ours. Right? We were like half shocked, half. And then took a picture and we appeared in the newspaper. <laughs> right? They gave us a big basket with champagne and everything and a big check like this. Then we got in the car and drove home. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to repeat this thing for the past 10 years. <laughs> but when, when the gift of faith comes, it pushes you all the way. All the way. All the way. It is the faith of God beginning to act, act in you. You begin to say things that are extraordinary. You begin to do things that are extraordinary. You just know. And the Lord knows exactly what to do at the right time when he's collaborating with you in that space. Are you here? We're running out of time. So there are many other testimonies. But this is what happens. Okay? Give us the next one. The gifts of healing. You notice that it's the gifts, more than one. Now, first and foremost, you must understand that you don't only get healing through the gifts of healing. There is healing in the atonement of Jesus. Isaiah 53, he himself bore our diseases. He himself bore our sicknesses. By his stripes we were healed, right? Psalm 103, do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. First Peter 2, also, by his stripes you were healed. Okay, and so then the next one is healing in the authority of the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3, they healed the man at the beautiful gate. And then they told the people, why do you look at us as if by our own holiness or our own power, we did this thing. It was faith and faith in the name of Jesus that has made this man, this man well. Do you understand? So even if you don't have the gift of healing, you can operate in healing. Is that clear? Because there are some people, they get in a situation and they say, no, but I don't have the gift of healing. No, you can still. Healing is in the word of God. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them of all their destructions. Proverbs 4 verse 22, 
My son, pay attention to my words. It will be medicine to all your flesh. Okay. But now when it comes to the gift of healing, this one is obviously the most, the most common one to us. Okay. We understand what healing is. You know what sickness is. You know that healing means that you are well. Okay. And Jesus operated in this gift. As we know, the Apostle Peter operated in this gift. The Apostle Paul operated in this gift. There's a man called John G. Lake. This is just an example. This is here from the early 1900s. American man, he was a, 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 a businessman. And he quit because all his family members were dying. He took his last sister that was going to die young, took her to to the ministry of Mr. Alexander Dowie. That was in the early days when healing was being restored to the church. And she got radically healed. This John G. Lake eventually got so touched by the Holy Spirit, God spoke to him in a vision. He came to South Africa and planted thousands of churches in five years among the Zulus. And he planted the AFM. You know the AFM church? Apostolic Faith Mission? John G. Lake. And there's, a, there's, a, there's so many examples that he was so bold in the area of healing that he would ask judges and doctors to come and supervise, and the media, to come and supervise his healing rooms. To the point where they gave him an honorary doctorate. Almost like a medical licensing, a medical license. Because of how many people were getting healed through John G. Lake. And that time medicine was also a little bit in the early days. So the power of God was winning every day. Right? John G. Lake. Gifts of healing. Then our own Aunt Katrina. She is currently in South Africa with the team. They're at the School of Healing and Inner Healing and all of that. And Catherine is one of the older ladies in our community, if you've seen her. She's our evangelist that goes to the medical, uh, to the, to the, yeah? To the hospital ministry. Right? Aunt Catherine, whenever I have a difficult matter to pray over, I look, where is Aunt Catherine? There she is. Aunt Catherine, come. So there's this lady, she came from Angola, and she was here. The doctor, you know how there's this medical tourism between our countries. <laughs> so they came, and what happened is the doctor told her, you've got diabetes, and there was a sore on her leg, they have to amputate. She said, I'm here. This was like four years ago. I'm here. I have no other way. On Monday, they have to do tests and amputate this week so I can go back. Right? And we prayed right there on Sunday. And after we prayed, then she went back to the doctor Monday. Doctor said, no need to amputate. This gift exists. And many of us have cursed it. I can't have... I can't talk much about that. But whatever you curse, you cannot operate in. When someone is operating in a certain gift, don't dare call it the devil's work. This is what they did with Jesus himself. They said, by the power of the devil does he cast out evil spirits. And it's the same thing that many Christians are saying about ministries today. It's the power of the devil that they are using to heal the sick there. They went there to Ghana. Huh? There's apparently some, some juju guy in Ghana that gives pastors powers. Ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> and so in the area of healings, these are dynamic because it's not, just, it's not just like physical healings. They can be uh, emotional healings. Do you understand? Like stuff, mental issues and, and relational issues, healings, gifts of healings. And as I'm speaking, some of you are receiving impartation. You are going to begin to, uh, to operate in this gift. And then at the end of, of, of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, desire the best gifts. Earnestly covet. This is the only area where the word of God says covet. <laughs> Earnestly covet the best gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Okay. So, gifts of healings. Okay? Next one. And it doesn't have to be complicated. When they call you, when there's a situation of sickness or something, and you feel in your heart, no, this is not right, go! Lay hands on them. We'll get to that. Working of miracles. Wow. Miracles are occurrences beyond the laws of nature. 
So when people say, now I went to my doctor and he gave me uh, some headache pills and now I feel better, what a miracle. No, that's not a miracle. That's chemistry. Okay? Miracles are miracles. Unexplainable. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is a miraculous personality. You cannot say, I have the Holy Spirit and then be anti-miracles. No way. He created the whole world out of nothing. All right? And healing, healing is in the Word of God. Amen. And number four, these are some miraculous occurrences in the, in the Gospels. Jesus and Peter both walking on water. Both. Then, Jesus turning water into wine. I've seen, I've seen somebody actually doing this. But once again, our skeptical mind is like, hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I wasn't there. The Indian people were like, it's tasting like wine. And then, multiplication of food. There's a lady, her name is Heidi Baker. Yeah? She's a missionary planting churches throughout Mozambique. Okay? And they see this all the time. The soup kitchen queue is too long. There's only two pots, and the pot doesn't run dry. Does it happen today? Yes. Can it happen with your petrol tank? Yes. Hey! <laughs> I've heard those testimonies as well. <laughs> Especially in the early days of your marriage, you need such miracles, Lord. <laughs> then Paul's handkerchiefs. And I'm going to say something that, you know, this is my, my view. Paul, the Apostle Paul, it said that extraordinary miracles were done through the Apostle Paul. Even the handkerchiefs and aprons that were on him as he was making tents. Whenever someone needed a miracle or a healing, they would take the piece of clothing from him and go to the person who is demon-possessed or sick. They would place it on them and they would get healed. All right? Today, there are many ministries who do this or they pray over whatever substance, whether it's water, whether it's oil, whether it's whatever. Right? And they are doing this. As long as you don't sell it. Okay? And, and so, extraordinary. this is going to baffle your mind. I remember listening to a testimony this week. The guy went on a mission with Randy Clark. Randy Clark operates very much in healings. Okay? And we're going to say these names because these are people to emulate. Okay? And so, he took these people and they were in Brazil praying for the sick. And they prayed for the one person who was blind, the eyes white. And then laid hands. This is not the key minister. He's on the team, just going along the mission. Normal guy, accountant, going along the mission, praying for the eye. The eye opens up. At the, at, the, at, the, at the hotel later on, he was saying, I can't believe what happened. He saw it himself. He saw it himself. But he said, it must have been, I don't know. You are trying your best to explain it away. With Aunt Katrina the one time. You remember Aunt Katrina? Our Aunt Katrina? <laughs> so the one time after the service, one lady comes. I think we gave a word of knowledge. Someone having a problem with, with their abdomen. Or something. She comes. She's crying. She said that she's in a wrong relationship with her boyfriend, meaning they are sleeping together outside of wedlock. Right? There's no reason why in her mind God should help her. Because God is that harsh, according to her. He will send his son, but not heal her. And then what happened is, she, we began to ask her what happened. No, they are pregnant, but the pregnancy is in the fallopian tubes. You know what that means? Okay, for some of the guys. Um, the, the, the female reproductive organ eh, has the uterus, and then it has the tubes here from the ovaries. Okay, God made it like that. Don't look ashamed. Okay? And here, there's no space for the, for, for the embryo to develop. Okay, so the fertilization must take place and embed inside the uterus. But sometimes it gets stuck here in the fallopian tube. If it happens, it's going to rupture. It's going to tear the fallopian tube. It's a surgery situation and the, 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 the pregnancy must be aborted. Jonathan, that's the situation that we are here. After praising the Lord and everything, impossible situation. What do we do? We pray and we speak to that thing, move. Child, move. 
Two weeks later, she comes to church. She's happy. The, the, the pregnancy has moved. This is impossible. Move from the fallopian tube to the uterus. Then you think that such people will now give their hearts to the Lord and going to full-time ministry and give money to the church. <laughs> Nothing. Came for a miracle and left with joy. The one time I bump into her, I bump into her at the mall. And it was twins. Oh. With a pram. Hello, Pastor. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> huh? Walking away with your miracle. <laughs> Praise God. It's more loving than we think. And there are times when we've prayed and, you know, things don't happen. But I've learned from Bill Johnson. He said, don't celebrate. Don't focus when it doesn't happen. Fo what you focus on grows. So when you focus on, I'm failing here, failing here. Lord, only one time it happened. Focus on that one. It will grow. When you focus on all the times not working and all, you'll stop praying for people. And then you'll write a book and say how the miracles of God have stopped based on my observation, because I'm so smart. Okay? So, these are the keys we have to finish. One, get used to the supernatural and know the Word of God. Get used to it. So when you hit a situation, it mustn't be like, oh, impossibility is for me. Mm -mm. In your heart, there must be like, ah, opportunity for God to work a miracle. Do you understand? How many of you want to operate in the gifts of faith, healings, and miracles? If not for yourself, because you are so awesome, you never do anything. <laughs> At least for your family, your friends, you know? People are in crisis, I'm telling you. But some people are committing suicide because of impossible situations. And yet, you have the Holy Spirit who created everything in you. Number one, get used to it. Begin to refer to yourself as the person who operates in supernatural things. I have seen some of these things. I'm not where I should be, but I have left the train station. Amen? Amen. And know the word, because many people, they go based on their experience. Your experience will lie to you. Know the word. The word will tell you what is God's will and follow that. Amen? Number two, stay filled with the Spirit. So once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you must remain filled with the Spirit. And the manner in which you remain filled with the Spirit, the Apostle Paul says it this way. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And it speaks about our speaking in tongues. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Stir the gift that is within you. And so there are things that you can do to be filled with the Spirit. You don't have to wait another month until Passion Night comes and you can go through the fire tunnel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good when you are receiving impartation to be filled with the Spirit. But God wants you to be in your room and begin to stir yourself up and you begin to feel yourself filled with the Spirit. You can't go to work not being filled with the Spirit. What nonsense will you go and say, share there? You are representing God. Before In the morning you must be filled with the Spirit. You walk out and say good morning and people feel the anointing. Amen? This is real, I'm telling you, because I do this on Monday. Then number three, this is the big one. Take a risk. Why? Especially when there are cameras. And nowadays, it's difficult to operate in the miraculous. Because everyone, when you say, let's pray for you, here comes the phones. <laughs> right? Danny, here comes the phone. Excuse me. Excuse me. So now the pressure is on. I'm going to share one last testimony. Sorry, I'm going over time. Um, Smith Wigglesworth. You've heard of this man. He was an unlearned plumber. His wife was the evangelist. She was the educated one. I'm just saying. Even if the guy is not educated, maybe he can be an amazing guy. Anyway, for marriage. But, but just check with your disciple. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back. So Smith Wigglesworth, he gets radically saved, 
right? Englishman, gets radically saved. And then what happens is he begins to experience the Holy Spirit's tongues and tongues, Pentecostal leader. And what happens is in his meetings, he used to say, the first person that comes to the altar will be healed. So people will sit in front or bring their friends. So there was a lady, she had a cancer here in her stomach, right? It was like she was pregnant, but she's old. And then he said, the first person and her friends already brought her, threw her there on the stage. Right? Thanks, Mega. <laughs> threw her on the stage. And then he said, bring her up. They brought her up, and the friends were holding, come here quickly. Uh, Godfrey, come. So the friends were holding her on the side like this, holding her up because she was too weak. Eh? Hold me up. Hold me. <laughs> right? Too weak because of the sickness. Yeah. And he would, say, he would say to her, let her go. And the friends are like, no, but she'll fall. Let her go. She'll fall. Let her go. This is myth. Gift of faith, I'm telling you. Let her go. They let her go. She fell right there in front of everyone. And everyone. <gasps> if it happens here, immediately the lawyers will come and say, Pastor Chris, can we please have a discussion? <laughs> I advise you, I respectfully advise you, man of God, <laughs> this course of action will bring a lawsuit to the church. He said, pick her up. They picked her up. Let her go. No, let her go. Let her go. The lady fell again. At this point now, people are starting to stay. Pick her up. They picked her up. Let her go. No, we cannot. Let her go. Then a, a businessman stood up in the, in the, in the back there. You monster! <laughs> Leave that old woman alone! And he said to him, I know my business. You mind your own business. <laughs> let her go. They let her go. Immediately as they let her go, the, the cancer fell out of her dress. <laughs> She got healed instantly. What happens with us? The first moment you fall, you pick it up. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. God loves you, Father. <laughs> we pray the love of God now, my sister. Don't sue me. <laughs> we just pray the strength of God. Be strong. Hang in there, sister. Hang in there. God is with you. Hang in there. Amen. Let's sing a worship song to the Lord. <laughs> you must be willing to contend with tradition. When it comes to the power of God, this is a foreign thing. It needs to have somebody who is willing to cross the line and defy what is natural. And God will begin to back you up. He will always be faithful to his word. He is not a man that he should lie. He is not a man that he should repent. He will always do what he said he will do. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone on whose behalf he can be strong like this. Amen. So, let's stand. There was one more thing I wanted to share with you. There are some of you here, you feel like, okay, I want to be as good as my pastor. There's a man in the Bible, book of Acts, his name is Stephen. Stephen was operating in miracle signs and wonders, extraordinary ones, right? And he was not even an apostle. He was the one who said, you will wait on the tables. But miracles, and to the point where he had to die for his faith. He was so bold, Stephen. Tell your neighbor, be a Stephen. Yeah? And many times we say, no, the, 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 the servant cannot be greater than the master. Yeah? How can we operate in more grace than more miracles than Pastor Chris? I'm telling you, Jesus said, Jesus said to his disciples, he said to them, because I go to the Father, greater works than these will you do. So we can even surpass what Christ has done. So therefore, don't let us as leaders block you. If you want to operate in this thing beyond us, go, 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 go for it. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord.
Le prakasantema ye balabasun samaya katani bashetenema and le praen santa mayokosha silepara. The spirit of the Lord is with you. He has anointed you to preach good news to the poor, to bring healing to the sick. You are the body of Christ to bring miracles where impossible situations are. To allow the faith of God to operate in impossible situations. Every limitation is no longer a limitation for you because you walk with God. This morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, I impart grace, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice will begin to operate in these power gifts in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, you say, ask and you will receive, Lord God. This morning we ask, Lord, even for those they know they have these gifts, that they have been dormant, they have been held back. I pray in the name of Jesus for activation this morning, Lord, that they'll begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders starting this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that their minds will be renewed, Lord God, that they'll begin to take on impossible situations, Lord, and begin to see the power of God in our generation, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Every impossible situation here this morning, Lord, we activate right now the forces of the Spirit of God right now in the name of Jesus to bring about miracles, signs, and wonders starting today, Lord God. If there's any impossible situation, Father, we pray right now, Lord God, that our faith will begin to rise, Lord God, and begin to take hold of your promises, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'll continue to speak to us on this matter. And we pray, Lord, that this week we'll see these things come to pass. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.